Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Rich Dotson. He's Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. He's Garrett Price. How's it going? And we're talking. Did you remember it this time? I was conscious for that one. I bet you it's better because I was conscious for it. (laughs) Don't you think? Remember last time he said he didn't remember? I was just sleepwalking through the AA and just missed it. Third year thumpers. (laughs) Third year thirsty Thursdays. Third year Thunderdomes. That works. (laughs) (laughs) What's like a... Uh, that's not good either. <laughs> Third year step ups. <laughs> hmm. Another step. <laughs> Junior jumpers. Junior jumpers. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. I don't hate it. I don't now we're getting that. some alliteration. Sophomore step up. Junior jumpers. Junior yeah. jumpers. What's our fourth year? That year? sounds like some like little tykes toy. <laughs> it's a junior jumper. <laughs> then we do senior dropouts. Like these guys are in their fourth year. Senior suckies. Drop out before their contract's up. Look at me. Look at you coming up with segments on the spot. All right. Junior jumpers it is. <laughs> junior jumper. The JJs. So we are talking third year players um, that we are think going into their fourth year, which is usually the make or break year. Um, Wait, no, sorry. No, going they're second going, guys going into their third. Second year there guys we, going into their third. You, year. I could tell on your face. You, you knew it wasn't right. Yeah, this is your make or break year. Yeah, the fourth year, year is usually they're done. They're like, hey, we're just unless you're Robert Woods, contract. you're done. Mike Williams also, I think, had a fourth year breakout. There you go. <laughs> so it can happen. Outliers, outliers. Yeah. But usually it's two. You know, we say all the time it takes two or three years to really like take that step into the NFL, whether it be, you know, just acclimate to the NFL, learn the playbook. Um, Getting coaching a, changes yeah. could have done too. There's so Getting many different variables that yep. could go into effect of it. So, hey, Dynasty Nerds, it's time to take your Dynasty game to the next level with FFPC's Dynasty Startup Leagues. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started, FFPC has a league for you with entry fees ranging from $100 up to $5,000. Choose from a variety of formats, including Superflex. Best Ball for Superflex, Triflex, 1QB, and Standard. With weekly lineups, waivers, trades, head-to-head matchups, and playoffs, FFPC's fully managed leagues provide the ultimate dynasty experience. Most importantly, the leagues are here to stay. FFPC has never had a dynasty league fold. They manage the entire commissioner experience from buy-in management to fulfilling your orphans. FFPC is perfect place to expand your dynasty league portfolio. And here's the best part. As dynasty nerds listener, you can get $25 off any entry fee as a new member when you use the promo code NERDS. Head over to myffpc.com now to draft your team, manage your roster, and dominate your league with FFPC. That's myffpc.com. Promo code NERDS for $25 off any entry fee for new members. FFPC, where dynasty dreams become a reality. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
going to start. My first player is actually Jahan Dotson. It's not just because he has such a great last name. We're talking about the former 16th overall pick in the 2022 draft. And this guy vanished like a fart in the wind this past year. He did. After, <laughs> after a good rookie year. I know. Now, I know when I say good, it's kind of like inflamed a little bit because he really thrived on he the flashed. touchdowns. Yeah, yeah he, like, it was, he scored a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That was it. So, but you're talking about a player that still was a first round uh, pick and he's entering a team that has a number two overall pick. So their quarterback situation is going to change drastically, which is, it's been a hindrance. You know, even though Sam Howell had a lot of passing yards last year, Sam Howell and Biennemi's offense was like a first read kind of dump and go kind of offense. Like if it wasn't going to Antonio Gibson, then it was going to Curtis Samuel on a quick crossing route. Like it was really not designed for Jahan to really thrive there. And honestly, it wasn't really designed for Terry McLaurin to thrive a lot there either. You know, when you look back and you're like, oh, Sam Howell led the league almost at one point in, in, in passing yards, like Terry and John must be crushing it. No, not really. No, they weren't. They sure weren't. So, He's in a situation we talked about foreseeing that landscape and the opportunity for touches, right? Terry McLaurin's older than most people even think. He's 28 years old. 28, yep. And he has a contract next year that costs $24.1 million against the gap in 24. So he's probably going to be on there. Uh, he's going to be on the team for sure. That's not a question. But after this season, I mean, there's a chance that he could be off the team. Curtis Samuel, he's 27 years old. He's going to be off the team this year. And that's encouraging. And Curtis Samuels, I mean, when he's leaving mind, he was wide receiver 42. He averaged 10 points per game. For what it's worth, this will actually be his age 29 season for Terry McLaurin. I, so he'll be 29. So he is 29, but he'll be 20. He's 20 September 15th is his birthday. So he'll, he'll be 29. So the end is near, friends. Yeah. The end is near. But Curtis Samuel is a player that's taken 92 targets with him, 62 receptions, 613 yards, and four touchdowns. You're going to bring a better quarterback in. Um, a whole new offensive system. So what this better does be is, better. yeah, better be better. Who's, the offense, who's the offensive coordinator? I'm, I'm sorry. I can't remember who, who Washington uh, Let me pull it up. I, I'll look it up if you guys okay. don't know. That's yeah, me. I can't recall off the top of my head. They obviously King, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. No, the new one is, but not not the old one is what you were asking. No, Biennemi no. was oh, the old Oh, you were asking Cliff. I oh, Cliff I Kingsbury. I can't keep up. There's so like, And what does Cliff run? He runs these fast-paced offenses, right, where like, when you look back at when he was offensive play caller uh, in the NFL, I mean, his offense finished in the top three in pace and offensive plays, I think uh, three out of four times uh, that he was in control of there. So he's going to come here with Washington with a lot of skilled players here, the number two overall pick in the draft. They got money to spend. The offense is going to change, be more fast-paced. Like everything just like aligns for Jahan Dotson, who did – for me to say, like, oh, it's going to get better, it can't get worse. It really cannot. And yeah. he's a great throw-in piece right now. Like, he does, he's not going to cost you much. We'll talk to Price here in a minute. But this is somebody who's got excellent hands, you know. Really, Fantastic, yep. Really good contested catchability. So he he's a player. And there's a lot to be real excited about after his fr- rookie year that got destroyed by his sophomore year. And now again, these are these are great buys in Dynasty where they like it doesn't cost you much, and the upside is tremendous right like can jihad dotson turn into a wide receiver three and you mentioned earlier you know curtis samuel leaving i don't think you i don't think you mentioned all of his numbers though but i did oh did you 91 i mean 92 targets 91 i got 91 91 92 targets that's a lot it's a lot to kind of redistribute there and jihad dotson of the people that are left on the uh, 
on here. I mean, it's it's him and Deami sure. Brown. Like like who's who else is who else is there that is going to absorb? So obviously Logan Thomas, obviously McLaurin. McLaurin's going to get some of that as well. But McLaurin already had 130 targets right. last He's year. He's probably not getting too. He's many not going to get too too much. So a lot of that is going to have to go. I think get funneled to hot to Jahan Dotson because just because I think he's the most skilled player left that that isn't receiving them. Uh, so you know he got 83 last year. I could. This is a guy you could easily see getting 100 100 plus 115 um targets at least just just because like you said not only are these based off of last year's numbers and we expect them to have more offensive plays which will lead to more targets so i mean all these numbers across the board can be going up as far as targets and all, and all that kind of stuff just because there's gonna be more plays in a cliff cliff kingsbury um style offense compared so, to Vienna. whether it be trick may jane daniels there it, anything I mean, will be who upgrade. knows? They could even try to make a play for Caleb Williams. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator, Kingsbury was, for Caleb Williams last year. So who, who knows? That could have been part of their motivating factor. And and didn't Kingsbury start off by interviewing with the Bears? Uh, he might have. I think he did. He might have. And then he switched gears and went over there. I, I know he was talking with the Raiders for a while, too. Okay. The Raiders, was the, that was the other team that he was okay. talking with. But um, Yeah, he had a deal that was... Almost, it was talked like he was going to be the offense coordinator. Raiders was it the part. Raiders then that I was thinking of that that maybe where he was at before. But the Bears' offensive coordinator is now with the Raiders, so maybe that's the connection. Maybe piece. that's where in, in my brain, yeah, things are getting kind of screwy. Um, but who knows? Maybe he got some inf- inside info and decided to pick Washington instead. Yeah, who knows? So it it would definitely be an interesting move because it, it, I, I'd be curious to see what the price tag to move from two to one is. A lot, I would assume so, but. If that's their guy, then yeah, it's worth it. It could be a Terry McLaurin. And somebody, <laughs> so plus, plus. When, when you're talking about price tag, right? So I go in the Dynasty GM uh, trade finder and sorry, my wife is texting me for my tax ID. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, John Dotson and a 24 second for Najee Harris and a fourth in a super flex league. John Dotson and, uh, and a 24 second for actually kind of liked the Najee side, actually. That's, and that's fine. I understand why you would. I mean, yeah. but I'm assuming, I hope that's a high second. Yeah. Um, Roshan Johnson for John Dotson straight up. I would take Dotson. And then and then I saw 24 second, 24 second, 24 second in Superflex tight end premium leagues. So, this is, I mean, this is a guy that was going at the, lat, the latter part of the first round when he was mm-hmm. initially drafted. And now you're getting him somewhere in the second round. It yeah. sounds like pretty consistently. And Probably a late second round. Honestly, it's it'd be a late second round pick. Yeah, and 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 really that does offer a lot of value. He had five hundred eighteen yards last year, four touchdowns. I'm I'm sure you mentioned that along with the other <laughs> stuff. So he, but he does have room, I think, to to get up into that thousand yard, eleven eleven hundred yard range, um, pretty easily. I think. And I think we're all expecting better things for this Washington football team. If I remember right. When we were doing buys, you talked about Jahan Dotson. I talked about Terry McLaurin. Like, we expect better from this group yep, overall. Sure. And if they can get the right, you know, before it was looking like it was going to be Ben Johnson, and that was a big thing. Well, Cliff Kingsbury, even though I know he's had his shortcomings as a head coach, is great for fantasy football purposes. Yep, he sure is. Uh, so, uh, so that's going to be great for this offense. So I'm, I'm excited about the pieces that they have there. Curious to see what they do in the running game. But, but going back to specifically uh, Dotson, loved it. I had a really high nerd score on him. Looked great after year one, and then just things just didn't come together. Didn't materialize. He was 
more or less relegated to the number three role this year, uh, as weird as it was. So you'd think a guy with that type of pedigree getting picked in the mid-first round they're gonna find a way to utilize. I would hope, but we'll, we'll have to wait and, see. and just and it comes to a situation where it's like when a player is so low, their ADP is so low, and you're looking for somebody to kind of just step up to a possible wide receiver three to flex role. Like this, this is a player that I looked at the thir- in this class had the best opportunity to do that. So. Um, yeah, John Dotson. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll move on to my guy. Uh, you know, my last one's uh, my my second or my sophomore step-ups where I think a little deeper of a dive, whereas this one might be a little chalkier feeling. Um, but my guy is uh, Zamir White, cu- currently coming off the you board. You don't like Zamir. Currently coming off the board at 146. I do want to just reiterate my love for Zamir White and the fact that he's finally starting to show some stuff and kind of make sure he's – Staying on, the, I guess, the top of people's minds here. <laughs> um, but last year finished as running back 56 on the year. Obviously, never really got a shot until the, down the stretch the last the last four games of the season. Uh, between weeks 15 and 18, Zamir uh, was running back nine overall. Uh, so he's already kind of flashed what kind of potential he has. And, and really, the part that's most interesting to me is the way that he, they used him, right? I mean they used him as an every down back in those last four games when, when Josh Jacobs went out with injury That's to the, the same coach to the, yeah, to the tune of 17 attempts, 22 attempts, 20 attempts, 25 attempts. They were getting him involved in the passing game, four targets, one target, six targets, two targets, an element of the game that we kind of didn't know. It was yeah. an unknown on him, for sure. but he, he showed, uh, I think passable grades there as far as his ability to, to catch passes as well. And you mentioned it, the whole catching the the coaching staff is there. The people that saw him do well last year are back, and and add add that to the fact that Josh Jacobs, really along with Saquon Barkley, are the crown jewels of this free agent class. For sure, I would expect him to be playing for another team and Zamir White to get it get an opportunity next year, and, and you know like we've kind of tiptoed around it and kind of, or not tiptoed around it, but kind of said, Hey, think this is going to happen. But when push comes to shove and free agency is kind of right on our doorstep, you start digging in a little bit and looking at that stuff. And really, if you're looking for a young running back, a, a, a you know, there's been rumors of the Cowboys looking, you know, like, hey, this the, Josh Jacobs will look great on the Cowboys, which he would. Saquon would look great on the Cowboys. But I but, might look great on the Cowboys. But those, but those two guys offer unique, <laughs> I think, every down role and youth they they can maybe get one last contract out of these guys right. and these guys are just your answer at running back you don't have to do a committee you don't have to do any of that crazy stuff and to have those kind of i guess unique skill sets in those two players i think they're going to go out and get jobs relatively easy mm-hmm. and it's the other it's the other players like you know king henry he's going to have to find the right situation sure and austin eckler is going to have to find the right situation Clyde Edwards Lair's got to find the right situation. Right. So oh, these I guys mean, might, these situation. might these guys might be hanging out a little bit longer in free agency at the running back position. Whereas I think Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are just going to get snapped up pretty quickly. Pretty first quick. first couple of days of free agency, these guys are going to find a home and we're going to get some resolution on this uh Zamir White situation. And I do think it's going to be a good resolution. So right now is the time. Like if you if you want to get in on Zamir White while he might be a little bit cheap because there's some a little bit of uncertainty surrounding the the, yeah. the start of free agency, this might be the perfect time, I think, to go it, out. It's funny you say that, because somebody asked me that question directly a couple weeks ago. What do I do with Samir White? Do I trade him now 
with the speculation that maybe he's getting the full-time job. Do I wait till he does get the job and then trade him or do I just hold on to just him or like him, wait to see like, if there's another draft pick? Yeah. Right. And, and he's like, cause worst case scenario is I hold on to him and then Josh Jacobs does come back and you know, all that stuff. So kind of thinking through all the different scenarios of what could happen. And, and my thought was, look, could you hold on to him and Josh Jacobs does come back? Sure. That would suck. But the reward of, holding and waiting to see if he does get that job because if he does get that job now you're getting a first plus mm-hmm. for him if you want to trade him or just hold on to him and have a really good rb2 you know the, those are two very good outcomes if not if you if you're stuck holding him oh well like it, it's not the end of the world but the worst would be to sell right now for like the 201 and you're just you're kind of Kicking your own legs right. out from under yeah. you. You hit on the head there. Like, what what are you missing out on? You're missing out on a second round pick, like best case scenario. Yeah. Maybe some, like, Samir White's aunt will give you two seconds. Maybe. Sure. But that, that's what you're missing out. I would rather miss out on that with the opportunity to gain a running back, you know, one for their team. A guy who could be, like you mentioned, a running back two on my dynasty team with a potential on how injuries play out, how his touches work out, a potential running back one. Like, he's he's a talented running back. He's somebody who we enjoyed their tape. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he falls in that kind of like we talked to Tajay Spears last time. Zamir White is a player that all three of us were big on yep. from a tape perspective. Just kind of buried there. We didn't. We, we were like, hey, we still like him. Josh Jacobs is probably gone next year. And then they franchised. Right. You know, that's right. how it worked out. This year, they're probably going to double tag, double tag Jacobs because that's pretty pricey. Right. And Matt mentioned before, he'll probably be gone. So, you really were, do they bring another guy in for cheaper who then would probably split carriers with Samir White or they draft a guy and the guy they draft probably won't be in position to outproduce Samir White. And that, like Matt said, even Garrett said, bringing the whole coaching staff, that's absolute massive news because they know Switch. that Samir White is a can now. Yep. So as they're building this team and trying to get it ready for where they want to take it, you know, this is a good window to see what they actually have given him a full workload in the full year for him. So, there will be a window where like if he's just okay, but he's getting all the touches, you're going to get more than that second you're getting today. If he's really good, you're getting more, or you have a really good quality running back on your hands that you could trade after the season's over. Cause I would ride Samir the whole season and then sell is what I would do because then he's getting close to that second contract and I'd want him off my team. Zamir definitely falls in the hashtag two to three year window. Absolutely. Yep. If he was the starter, um, but with that buy type and that mold, like he could be like that Mike Davis was for uh, Atlanta yeah, a couple of years again to finish as running back twelve. Like Zamir just on White volume alone, just yeah. on volume alone, and, and they've shown the pass catching ability. They've shown in that that short window, they're willing to feed that dude. They're willing to give him the rock. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a slightly different situation because I'm guessing Aiden O'Connell isn't going to be the guy. Um, they they saw their comments that, today that he is leaning towards being the guy. No, no, no. Did you hear the comments today? I did not hear the comments uh, today. Who was it? It, I, it was either the head coach or the GM. I don't remember who uh, came out and said, you know, in worst case scenario, we have Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> so apparently that's their worst case scenario. So it does sound worst like worst case scenario. Yeah, it does sound like they are thinking Upgrade. we're going to try to get somebody else in here. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is available. <laughs> I back. mean, who just failed his drug test and they saved, he saved the team $13 million they're like, or $11 million. You. I mean, Justin Fields is out there. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy that could. He's be been linked move. to a lot of teams, it, yeah. and, and those are the two that I've seen the most have been the Raiders and the Falcons.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, let me tell you about our friends at Sleeper. Guess what? Our app is the mini is live. Ooh. I'm Sleeper right now. The Dynasty so GM. Pretty. You use the analyzer. That you can use... Nice. The, uh, the the trade calculator. And my favorite thing is the inbox, right? Where all your trades from all your sleeper leagues are right there. You can actually push trades through the actual sleeper app. And right now, we could be more excited to be partners with them. And right now, if you don't know, they are doing DFS. And I know how many people that play Dynasty play DFS as well. And right now, there's not a better place to play DFS than sleeper. They're offering up to 100 times their, your entry, the highest payout in the whole DFS market Right now, you can track your fantasy players and your sleeper picks in real time. All you got to do is choose two to eight of your favorite players from pregame, live in-game, or even across different sports. Pick more or less than the predicted stats, and only on sleeper, you can get up to 100 times your payout. You can share with your friends and get rewarded together. Make sure you use that promo code NERD so our friends know that friends sent them their way ooh, um, ooh. <laughs> and get your deposit match and have Friendly. a good time. You know, have all your DFS all of your fantasy leagues, and now even a dynasty gem in one spot is fully operational inside Sleeper right now. And then when you're a NerdHerd member, you get that full access to that. And remember, you also want to download the Dynasty Nerds app because they're both in there. Check it out. Check our friend Sleeper. Check out a DFS. Use that promo code NERD. Get your whole estate. Set. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, the, the Raiders would be a nice little boost to their uh, their uh, their. Uh, Offense, Ryan Tannehill is an, uh, a player that could be possible. Russell Wilson's a possibility. I'm still in a belief, like, I wouldn't mind trying, if I was a team, giving Jake Brown an opportunity as, a, like, a one-year, like, he looks good. window guy. If, yeah, if, you, hey, if you miss out on your guy in the, you know, in the draft and you don't think any of those other guys are worth it, Jake Browning's not a bad idea. There's just so many options. Too. Like, they yeah. want to, like, go, like, a Bo Nix. You know, like, there's so many opportunities there. But no. I love the Zemir White pick, nonetheless. I think Penix you know, feels like he could be a Raider. Penix feels like he'd be a Raider in the second round. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, from being like, we'd pretty much given up hope on Zamir because he had been obsolete yeah. when it comes to production. It was, it's it felt so good to see him get an opportunity and then. And then produce. So produce. You're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. Absolutely. This is when you, when you talk a player up for a year, it's kind of like, they didn't, like, you know, just don't know because they don't get the opportunity. Like, oh, if he would just got the opportunity. And I, I would have found out. I was losing all all of the faith I had. I, I was too, man. I was like, oh, dang. He entered Jag territory. Dang it. Like if J.K. Dobbins just never got hurt. Oh, what don't even been? get me started on all that. All right. Who's your guy? Speaking of my guy, this is definitely a guy that I've I've uh, hyped up quite a bit over the years. And he's he's shown flashes. Uh, and particularly towards the end of this season. So he's like a creepy guy in a trench coat. Yes. He's flashing people. Uh, he's got a stash. Uh, no, Khalil Shakir. <laughs> he's got a stash. Is that what you said? Yeah. You can't be a pervert if you don't have a stash. Yeah, Good it's, point. It's, Sorry. It's completely illogical. Uh, Khalil Shakir, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I've been talking about him a little bit uh, over the past few years. One of those late round guys that, 
you know, I just I, his skill set was was better than a lot of the other guys I thought that were drafted in a similar range, uh, and he's he's really shown up big. Uh, towards the end of the season for the Buffalo Bills over his last five games, and this includes playoff games, averaged over 50 yards a game, nearly five yard or five receptions uh, per game, had two touchdowns over that time span, also had games during the season with 115 yards, 92 yards. So he had some really big games, which is wild because he's not a guy that necessarily strikes you as a big play uh, guy. He's more of a, a player that goes over the middle has good hands, can make a nice play on the ball, but he's not this crazy explosive athlete. But you factor in that it looks looks like a relative certainty that Gabe Davis is going to be gone. Say yeah. goodbye to that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks like it's he's not going to be coming back. And I get it. Kincaid is is coming in, and he's going to have a nice role. And he's, yeah. he's a fantastic tight end. He's a real but, but they two. need a number two wide receiver uh, in this offense. And I think – He's kind of been auditioning for that over the past two years, and he's shown that in the biggest games, in the biggest moments, that he can make those plays. So he's one of those players that I think is still for enough people under the radar, uh, you know, coming in as a wide receiver like 70 and 80 P. So he's still pretty far under the radar. And I don't know that, you know, we always talk about guys, he could be a low-end wide receiver two, he could be a high-end wide receiver three. I don't know that he ever quite reaches that type of range, but he, he reminds me of the guy that, Man, so and so's hurt. It's a bye week. It's blah blah blah. I need somebody that is going to get me eight to ten points. That's Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir, I think, consistently can be that guy that is a good bye week fill in, a good to to make sure that you get solid production. So you know, when I talk about a guy stepping up, this isn't. I'll talk about another guy later that I think is a much bigger name and a much bigger step up. But this is a player that I think is going to go from relative obscurity to a very common fantasy football name that is going to be a solid contributing player for your team for a very long time in Khalil Shakir. Yeah, he's savvy. He's a good route runner, got good hands, could stretch the field some as well. Uh, Started really, definitely the second half of the season, really started to gain some trust with Josh Allen, really started to go away from Gabe Davis and kind of moved to Khalil Shakir when when the games really mattered late in the season and in the playoffs. Like again, they kind of fade away from Gabe Davis and kind of really rely on Sh- Khalil Shakir. Definitely when Stephon Diggs was kind of having, you know, the, the those last seven games, Diggs was like was, irrelevant. Like it was, Kincaid took a step forward, but it was Khalil Shakir who probably took the biggest step forward for that Buffalo offense. So, true. you know, and that means a lot. You know, when a quarterback can trust your receiver, that goes a long way, right? Once, once you lose that trust to that quarterback, it's hard for him to look for you. Yep. But when he knows he can count on you, He's gonna go out of his way to look for you. Mm-hmm. So whether what route you what read you're supposed to be in that play call, if the quarterback says, "Hey man, I need a play. I'm gonna go here," that's 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 a big step. And with Gabe Davis leaving, again, it's there's so many receivers in this draft. It's it's hard to see how it all plays out and what round they go. But if not, Cleo Shakir is at worst in line to be the wide receiver three on this team. That's worst case, best mm-hmm. case wide receiver two. Yeah, yeah, and th- and this was a. He was a player that when he came out, I thought he was going to be probably limited to the slot, right? And that's kind of what I saw off the off the tape. So he's a guy that I think exceeded what I, I thought he could do in the NFL. And and I think it the proof of it is the fact that Allen is starting to go to him more. He's doing more, I think, after the catch and and, and that kind of stuff as well. I think he's a little bit tougher um, of a football player than I than I thought maybe off my initial uh, college tape. So. All good, all good things, you know. 
he's proven it in the biggest moments, like you said, in the playoffs that, that he can go out and be a dog and just kind of fight for extra yardage and, and be that guy, um, to kind of, you need to play, let's throw it Shakir's way, you know? Um, so Gabe, I think is gone. The interesting thing to me is what, what's going on with, with Diggs? What's going to happen with him long-term? He's guaranteed. I, I, I know they say that, but there's been a lot of smoke here for a few years now. And, and this is finally the year where they could probably half this thing by making them a post June 1st and get out from underneath that and save some money on the, the cap. Yeah, I, I downplayed it a little bit. There is a small part of me. And I think the odds of this are a 1% chance, a yeah. 2% chance. But I remember a few years ago, Cole Beasley was a wide receiver one on this Buffalo bills team. Very similar skill set, just bigger. Yep. Uh, but very similar skill set. Guy that gets open, guy that catches the ball, guy that just is in the right spot at the right time. If things do go south for Diggs and he's not quite the guy that he once was, and I'm not convinced that's true necessarily, but if that's the case, he he could all of a sudden find himself in a role, not because he's such an elite player, but because he's a smart, savvy route runner that catches the ball and is in the right place at the right time. And the target and, volumes. There. And and all of a sudden, yep. oh, you got 120 targets this year? Holy cow. Like, those things happen. We see one or two of those guys pop up every year that we did Hunter Renfro. Like, where did that come from? You know, those kinds of things do happen. So while I wouldn't say that it's likely, it's, it is in the back of my mind of, this could be a boom guy just because of the situation. Yep. I, I, so I just wanted to add that extra element. Uh, I, I think he's a good player and, and better than I thought he would be coming out. So so kudos to him. I'm sure it took a lot of hard work. All right. Uh, my next guy here is Jake Ferguson. Tight end for the Fergie Dallas Ferg. Cowboys. Yeah, he's not a turd Ferg. He's Jake Ferg, Ferg baby. Delicious Six foot five, 250 pounds. And look. coming off a year where he, I mean, kind of had a breakout year in, in his sophomore year. 102 targets, which was second on the team. He caught 71 of those for 762 yards and five touchdowns. Was was a heavy look. Led the NFL, I believe, in red zone targets. He had 25 red zone targets. Yeah, that led the NFL. And Dak Prescott had 109 red zone attempts. So he had, you know, almost 25% of the red zone looks from Dak Prescott. And, you know, he only had a 17% target share, which is, again, pretty impressive to see that wow. out of all the targets that he got, he really did capitalize. And what I really liked what I saw of Schultz Ferguson as well was the second half of the year, Dak really started to lean on Ferguson. And in that playoff game, you saw uh, in that playoff game that he had a ton of targets. And, you know, he really let – I mean, obviously he had the three touchdowns as well, but he really let uh, on Ferguson to really – help try and take them to that next game yep. to the division game. And when you look at that, when you talk about Dak and tight end overall, or even Mike McCarthy's offense, when you look at it last year, Dalton Schultz was tight end 10 in 2022. And again, Jake Ferguson was nine this year in 2021. He was tight end number three in 20, he was tight end three in 21. And in 2000, uh, he was tight end number 11 in 2020. So in all Mike McCarthy's years, they have a tight end one on the roster. And it's been Dalton Schultz and now Jake Ferguson's kind of stepped in that role. As I was say, you're, you're mixing the two players, right? Like this is yes. just Mike McCarthy's offense. The tight end finishes in Mike McCarthy's offense. Yes, because it's been Dalton Schultz previously. Gotcha. But even if you go back on there, uh, for Dak Prescott over the years, Dak has always loved 
the tight ends. I mean, he is the tight end has pretty much had double digit. Uh, the second in targets on the team going all the way back to um, Jason Wynn, yeah, essentially. Sure. And there was a couple of years there where uh, it was like tight end. He'd be like the third, the tight end would be the third in targets. And mostly that really started when like Andy Dalton came in for like the 11 games. So in his breakout season with his target share and what he's doing, I mean, Jake Ferguson has a chance to really be the second option in this offense. We don't know what they're going to do at receiver. We don't know which way they're going to go, but it's always been, Dak in the tight end has been his number two uh, target out there. So over the last seven weeks of the season, he averaged 5.86 catches, 53 yards, and .57 touchdowns with tight end seven on a year, Jake Ferguson. And the second half of the season averaging 10.2 points per game. So we saw in that playoff game, in the last game of the year, that the touchdowns really started to come. He had two touchdowns in the last game of the year and then three in the playoff game. And already having those red zone targets on an offense that really likes to move the ball and score a lot of points, I look for a very positive regression here in his touchdown numbers overall. When he only had five touchdowns this year, I think Jake Ferguson has a real good chance to get into that double-digit touchdown mold and be there consistently. And the only thing that really makes me nervous, it's not even about another receiver they bring in, is the fact that they spent a second-round pick last year on Luke Schoonmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 58th overall. But... I mean, Jake Ferguson's shown that he can you get done. All year. He's already got the uh, trust in a guy like Dak Prescott who leans on the tight end year in and year out. Like I said, I mean, looking back historically over Dak's years, he always finds a way to get the tight end involved. Yep. And you can say, hey, well, he had Jason Wynn. Well, did they make Jason Wynn because of the targets? You know, same thing here. Is Jake Ferguson um, uh, a, a light? Does he burn at the end of the wick with – Athletic ability? No, but he's very, very consistent. I'm not sure what that I was waiting for. Was, I was but... waiting for the, the finale of that thing, too. I, uh, does he burn he the burn world at the end of the wick? And that, <laughs> no. was, that was something I was going to bring up, too. No, he doesn't. That was something I was going to bring <laughs> Consistibility, up. Consistibility, baby. Consistibility. He, in college, he was a really good player, and, and you know... I, I like the tape coming out, and then he ran a four eight three yeah. or something crazy like that. A, a pretty slow time. and Wisconsin boy. Yeah, and... It didn't look great. I think he dropped a little bit on boards and, and all that kind of stuff as far as the dynasty community. But he just sat there and ground and 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 got better. And I think nowadays, if he was to rerun that forty, it would it would be it would be quicker and faster than it than it was when he came out. And it's it it's the one thing that we don't ever allow for, right? For these guys to get better to get better. It was the same thing with Kyron Williams. And I and I think he was a guy. I think. Uh, Turd Ferguson is a guy that got better. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and he got faster. I think he looks. He looks fast. He looks faster He's now. With the ball more, in his hands. More fluid than he has in, in years past. And it, it might just be a guy coming into his own as far as physical ability. His yards after the catch to the shirt was, yeah. it was pretty nice. His catch point was on, like, going up and getting the ball was money. Really was able to box out the defenders really, really well. And like I said, you mentioned that four four eight. You're like, oh, I don't know if he's gonna be able to produce. Like he's gonna be like four, an Austin four Ho- eight. Yeah, not like four, an four Austin eight, Hooper, four, right? Eight. Like I catch the ball and I go down. Yeah. But he was not like that no, at all. He like he was actually good with the ball in his hands and got things done. Um, kind of like a almost. I know for two breakout players, like a poor man's Trey McBride, essentially. That's, that, I don't yeah. hate that. Yeah, it's not terrible. And he's right now you can get him for a second round pick. Yeah, like even in superflex tight end premium leagues, some trades. 
Superflex, 24 second for Ferguson. Traylon Burks in a second for Ferguson. Musgrave in a third for uh, Jake Ferguson, just a PPR league. Two seconds in a Superflex tight end premium league. Uh, Jake Ferguson and a second, 24 second for Kyle Pitts. I probably want Pitts there. Yeah. Adam Thielen and Jake Ferguson for John Dotson. Go either way on that one. Either way, if I need a tight end, it's, it's yeah, that's, you, tight, if you, that's if tight end need, premium. If you need a tight end, tight end premium, yeah. lean towards tight end. But for a guy that's likely going to be a tight end one, whether, yeah, it might be tight end eight, tight end nine. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm struggling with with this one. I just don't like to acquire that kind of dead zone tight end. I get I get so, that. But he's his, his history is going to tell you he's going to be right around tight end eight, nine. Sure. Right around there. So, and I know... And I know from talking about tight ends over in abundance is, yeah, what's the difference between tight end eight and tight end 15? Well, one's, Grant, on a points per game difference, not much. But one finishes eight and one finishes at 15. Sure. So if you can get the guy that's going to finish at eight and give you that little slight extra point for almost nothing, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But a guy that, the problem with tight ends between eight and 15 is usually it's like, it's a smorgasbord. Like they, they're just rotating through. Like it could right. be anybody. History shows us to Dallas tight end over the last six years. It's gonna be tight end eight to tight end eleven. Yeah, like right around there. If not so you're gonna get I mean, say Schultz, Schultz was what? three or four, three or four, three yeah. and two years ago. Yeah. So like they had that opportunity to have a guy sure. that I again that say you have no tight end that you can go get for a couple seconds now. You're you have starting sure. tight end because man, there's twelve teams in your league. And if you're in league with me, I usually have. Two of the top at seven least, guys, at least. So, and I've got three. Yeah. So if you have, <laughs> I remember eight. one startup Matt drafted like three tight ends in the first like six rounds. We're I like, what it. is Matt doing? I love it, man. I love it. So like, Screwing if you have tight end eight, hundred <laughs> percent. There's four teams behind you. Don't have a better tight end. I got Colt Komet though. Tight end seven, <laughs> or eight, or nine. Must be Jake Ferguson. He's in that board. So I understand what you're saying about yeah. not going to get those guys. But when I'm definitely tight end premium league, when I can get a guy for two seconds, sure. I know that I know that I can start. Right. And I'm hoping my tight end too. Or like in a premium league, like I could put in my flex spot. And it, like I said, with his red zone targets, I'm looking for Ted red zone regression. Yeah. The odds of him getting me 10 to 15 points per game now all of a sudden increase uh, drastically. And, and on top of that, Rich, there's there's going to be times when people overcommit to stop CD Lamb, which is just going to leave him wide ass open. Um, yeah. Sorry, explicit filters. Uh, yeah. Wide open. Our, our, uh, our show got changed anyway, so yeah, we're good. No, no, it no, it's not. It's clean. It's, not, it's back again? I checked it. It says clean. Interesting. Someone sent me a screenshot of it. Mm, it's clean. Edit it out. I checked it out today. So but you're <laughs> right. I mean, it, in that in that no, playoff game, right, Like they, Green Bay really wanted to settle on CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee yeah. Lamb saw 17 targets. He had nine receptions for 110 yards. Jake Ferguson on hand, 12 targets. 10 receptions, 93 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. So, so yeah. like, Dak is going to look CD every time, but when he's not there, he's going right to Jake Ferguson or the tight end. Safety blanket. When, yeah, the, when, when you come into the league with a guy, um, uh, like, what's his name? God, Witten. When you develop that kind of chemistry and you 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 learn to rely on a safety blanket, right? And and he's, throughout the rest of his tenure, he's always looked for that safety blanket. And, and Dak... Dak knows, I guess he knows the value of the tight end position. He knows what they can do for him. And that's kind of, I, I guess, the long and short of it, I guess, I, of why I believe that he still relies on him so heavily. And not only does the quarterback, as does the coach. True. Yep. 
who calls the place. Yep. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so my next guy, um, I would say, I would say, in the likelihood of me thinking that this is going to happen, <laughs> Zamir would be like a ten, a ten, a ten. This next guy, I'd be like a four. Five. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is so this is me. This is a this is us as a whole. Third year hopeful. This is a junior skipper. So so <laughs> listen, here's the deal. I went up and down this list. I looked at every guy that was drafted in this draft class, and you can't even don't even look at the quarterback position in the twenty two draft. Can't pick it. <laughs> they're all terrible. They're all either losing their job this year Desert or they are they're in a different league. Malik Willis. <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Are you kidding me? Yeah, all of them. Set him first. Yeah. There's only one. Sam Howell. Sam Howell's going to be losing his job. You know what I mean? Like these are the the best of them. The the only one that's in here that was worth a damn was the last guy taken in the draft. and was Brock Purdy. Yeah, it is. He's the only one. He's pretty good. So I can't tell. I can't tell you that he's going to step up next year because he's done already did. He might uh, step down. Who's your, who's your son? Who's your junior jumper? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. And forget about it. Super Bowl? Yep. And for, forget about any of these wide receivers. I was looking. I was trying to make a case in my brain. I'm like, I'm like Calvin Austin. I can make it. I can make a case for Calvin. Austin. I mean, technically, all you'd have to do is get like two Catch. points a game. Yeah, that's a step up. And it's a step up. <laughs> but how can you? How can you say that with going from face. from Matt Canada? To Arthur Smith is your offensive coordinator. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying very easy. any of these guys I are going to make things good better. Guys are getting the ball. That's, that's <laughs> the like epitome of that that grandpa that's shown the shirt that he got for Christmas, and it's the same shirt same that he shirt has on. Yep, exactly. That's basically the meme right there. <laughs> so then I'm like looking down the list. I'm like, all right, Richard, I got Jahan Dotson. I'm like, that's a that's a pretty good one. I'm like, Valus Jones, give me a break. Okay, Kevin Austin, who? <laughs> like these are the guys. There's no way I'm going to endorse Sky more. And then there's like Wandell Robinson. I'm like, all right, no, I'm not doing him. <laughs> he, he just got endorsed by uh, who just endorsed Wandell? Was it CD Lamb? I think it was CD Lamb. CD Lamb did. Yeah. That's great. I mean, sure. I just don't. He could. He could. He he could he Small could also guys are a thing, he could also be the third best wide receiver on his team by this time next year. I mean, yeah, most, neighbors exactly. That's what I mean. Like they could draft a guy and he could be relegated to oh, backup backup duty. They better. Holy cow! Danny yeah. Dimes needs a go to. And there's there's no really other tight end of note. So anyway, long story short, my guy's Ty, Ty Chandler. Uh, I like and, that. and and it's not because I was where it's going with this. Yeah, I was I, I, it's name. not because Boom. I don't like the guy, right? That I said by the likelihood meter yeah. of him becoming the guy is like a four or five, but it's just that you know he he obviously last year he he showed well enough. They they didn't like what they saw out of Alexander Madison. They started splitting carries in week ten, week ten to fourteen. They split carries basically, and after that they just kind of gave the reins over to Ty Chandler. So, you know, it's the same off. It's the same offensive staff and all that good stuff. So you'd think, Hey, maybe he's going to get a shot. It's just that he didn't do all that much with the opportunity he had. Like he had one good week where he finished as, as running back four. That was the first week after that. It was, 
running back 41 on the week, running back 31, running back 26. So it's not like he knocked the door down. I think he's the best option that they currently have on the roster, and they're basically stuck with Alexander Madison next year for one more year. And Ty Chandler's still on the rookie deal, so he's going to be there as well. But I have a hard time figuring out if they're going to go with this running back duo that they have that they were kind of underwhelmed with or if they're going to go out and just get somebody in the draft, uh, which in my eyes is the most likely scenario. But that being said, Ty Chandler's still a guy that's pretty cheap right now, and he's at least got a shot, right? So that's why I'm like lukewarm on this one. He's got a shot, and I've liked some of his explosive traits. Yes. Yes. But, but I'm just kind of like when you dig into it, there's not too much for me to stand it up on, stand it up with. Yeah, if you look at if you look at Ty Chandler's stats last year, they're not they're very Wellman. Yes, yes, I agree. You would think talking about him like, oh, he took him in for uh, I was able to start him. I took, he took over Alex Banner saying like, he's pretty good on the points per game, but everything he did was not. It, it very, wasn't. There was well-man. one good game where he finished as a top four yeah, guy exactly, and that was it. So it's it's a hard one. I literally just didn't have anyone else that I could sure. even prop up a little bit and say this guy's got an opportunity. So Ty Chandler's got an opportunity. I think he's better than Alex Alexander Madison, who is on this roster next year, could mm-hmm. just due to his contract. But I don't know that the Vikings are going to see it like that and not go out and get somebody else. So there but is some risk baked in. Collide, there is for sure. But Jared and I were talking about this in one of our Talking Dynasty episodes. I love rostering guys like Ty Chandler simply because I know when they're valuable and when they're not. So if in week 11, Alexander Madison goes down, I know he's getting the full workload and I can do one of two things. I can capitalize on that and make a deal. And now I just turned, you know, him in two seconds into a a first or, you know, whatever. Sure. I, I can I can make some moves with that. Or now I have somebody to fill in for me that I can confidently start this week because I know he's he's getting the workload. When a receiver goes down, I don't know. How much are they going to spread it around everybody? I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, yep. yeah, you know, so yep. I love rostering those RB2s way more than the wide receiver 7, 8, 9 on my team because I know when there's value in that player. So I love guys like Ty Chandler, the Zamir Whites, the, those guys because – a, sometimes they actually do pan out and become something. But B, I know exactly when I can use them. And it, you always know their situational value. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're great fluid pieces on your roster. We said this on the show, I think even over a year ago, like you want all the you want as many running back twos on your roster as possible. As many because a lot of them are gonna get a chance. Like you want to draft those guys. You want to, you know, at the end of your rookie draft, you're you're swooping up those running backs like you said before, like we don't need all these receivers on our roster. Mm-hmm. Like it's a you you don't you don't need guys sitting there going, oh, if he gets a chance, if he doesn't, like they're just roster calls. If you start that's three, you need four. You want maybe a developmental guy or two. That's, sure, that's it. Yeah, that's you really want it. you want about you want six quality guys, and then like a seven, maybe maybe the seventh guy is kind of like a developmental a stri- player. Yeah, a guy that you might like. Out there, Whereas I would love to have 10 running backs on my roster. 10 running backs. Yeah. Tight end opportunities to have some of them. only starting two of them. But and then backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, but at any point, any one of those guys could all of a sudden fall into a Fall role. into a four-week role. And all of a sudden, I just got you know yep. a late second yep. for a guy that I was never going to play. Never going to play him. For how fluid the running back position is, if you have 10 running backs on your roster, if, as guys starting a position – 
you'll see how quickly you can accumulate second and third round picks. Yes. Like and all of a sudden you package some of those, get into the first. Yeah. And- you're not just looking, always looking for first round picks. So like if you have a guy that you have for nothing, you, you got to remember if you draft this guy in the fifth round, the fourth round of your rookie draft, now all of a sudden you got a third round pick or a second round pick. Like, you're making gains in dynasty yes. like year in and year out. And now you're poor making money and you're, and you're doing the same thing. Now using those pick. Now you have two thirds and you're taking both two running backs. Same thing. The, the, and, or one tight end, one running back to really, cause tight ends always fall to add that liquidity, <laughs> liquidity, <laughs> not liquidity, <laughs> liquidity. Rich is having a day today. He's, he's, he's I'm having it. a day. <laughs> I am having a day. Sometimes we record these podcasts late at night. <laughs> He's having a bidet. Um, <laughs> that's, that's why my tuchus is so clean. Clean that so, thing out. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's about that liquidity. Liquidity. Of your roster. <laughs> of your roster. And it's very important in Dynasty, right? To Absolutely. have that to not just for, like, for gains, but also for yourself to know when to like, hey, I know what I have here. I can just cut this player because yeah. otherwise you're going to have like a Josh Reynolds on your roster that you're never going to cut. He's going to be on your roster for 10 years because yeah. you're like, eh, he's, he's a flex spot. If he gets the opportunity, like he's serviceable. Marquez yeah. Valdez Scantling. Oh, yes. oh, he's even worse because I was so happy when I cut two that guy. good games a year. I was so happy. Good luck guessing which ones they are. Yep. I was so rich swooped him up. <laughs> I, have, I had five receivers on my team. Though. So I had no, happy I had no I choice. I needed someone with a pulse. But and, and that's what you get. You get people like when you drop guys like that, like the Marquez Valdez Scantlin, the Josh Reynolds, who are like, oh my gosh, I need receiver help. I can pick that guy up. And then they pick him like, oh, who do I cut? And they cut it because they need receiver help. Yeah. They're not going to cut a receiver. They're going to cut a tight end, a quarterback, a running back. And those are the guys you want to swoop up and let them be liquid assets. So yep. who's your final guy? Final guy, you know, we we, we kind of scraped a, a little bit more of the, the bottom of the barrel here. And uh, kind of like I did last time, I started off low, and then I skyrocketed to the top. Now you're, you're plummeting to the bottom? <laughs> no. Oh, all right. No, I'm staying here. I'm staying staying on top. to the top. All right, all right. Going with Garrett Wilson. Oh, now, nice. Now, this seems kind of weird for a third-year breakout because he's a valuable asset. You know, most people are taking him mid-second round to mm-hmm. early third round in their startups. He, and everyone knows that he has talent, but I do believe that this is the year, assuming health for the quarterback situation, that he goes from, man, he could be really good to he is really good. And Bonk, I think bonkers. Level. Yes. You know, he goes into, yeah, I want him more than Amon Ra. I want him more than Jamar Chase. I want him like the, you're talking about those types of names when you're talking about Garrett Wilson. And here's the thing. Over the past five years, we've had 27 teams uh that have not passed for 3500 yards obviously the jets have been on that list a few times and including this season during that span though only five players have ever accumulated a thousand receiving yards on a team with less, less. than 3500 passing yards garrett wilson is one of those few another one rich Dotson will love this the one that actually has the most dj Moore this year 1300 yards on a team that passed for less than 3,500 yards. Yes. Uh, but, but Garrett Wilson, one of those few players that's able to, regardless of of the situation, still able to be a good asset for your team. And back to back years, he's had over a thousand Both years in the league. He's had over a thousand yards, which is crazy. When you look at the quarterbacks, he's had, there's like six different quarterbacks, all terrible. And and that's the thing. It's not even consistently (laughs) the same bad quarterback. (laughs) So you can adjust to their badness. Like, no, it's just a random bad quarterback yeah. every time. And Zach Wilson. Yes. 
bad Joe Flacco, which I know it's not hard. Good Joe Flacco. It's hard to it's hard to even think of a bad Joe Flacco. Uh, Trevor, uh, you Simeon, can if you think of the playoff game. Mike White, <laughs> uh, Tim Boyle, <laughs> like <laughs> Skyler Thompson. No, no, that was no, that was Miami. Miami. That's Miami. Never mind. That was no, Miami. man. So it, it's it's been really bad, for, and it, for him to get there and be a wide like low end wide receiver too, and top a thousand yards in both years is. Right. Shows you how talented he really and is. And I think that's the thing. I think we've we've kind of forgotten how good he is because of how bad things have been. That'll be fair. Last year, he had 163 targets. He and but third most in the league. Who's going to change that? Nobody, because there's no, there's nobody. No one's going to change it. But now they're going to get better. The they're targets going to be good. Yeah. Targets are going to be more quality. Exactly. I'd yeah, the love third see, most targets in the league, only behind Devontae Adams and Seattle. I'd love to see his catchable, you know, catchable targets. Uh, I I had that number and I lost it, but it was something around like, it was like under seventy percent. It right. was it was oh, bad. I was gonna guess like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason he only had ninety five receptions on all of those. Like he should have easily eclipsed a hundred receptions, which is crazy. Like uh, almost half the balls. Like, but here's the biggest thing, and, and I think. On the surface, the receiving numbers really aren't terrible. 1,042 yards, 95 receptions. Like, those are good. But it's because the offense couldn't move. He only had three touchdowns the entire season. You take those and just six or seven. Sure. And all of a sudden, and now instead of 1,000 yards, it's 1,200 yards. And, you know, now that those 95 catches are 110 catches. Like, just those one. little incremental changes. And, yeah, he's a wide receiver one again as a very, very young player. Still only 23 years old. So, I get it. It's like, of course, Garrett Wilson's good. And no one's denying that. But I think we How? really could see him ascend into, you know, the, the guys that we've been talking about for years, the Cooper Cups yep. and the Devontae Adams, like he can be now talked about as one of those truly elite receivers as opposed to a guy that we're like, the potential's there, but we'll see. Like, <laughs> no, I think it's actually going to come to fruition. And, and there's and there's probably a slight dip in the market. Not now. I would guess in 69% of leagues, he's not obtainable. <laughs> but... In the other 31% of leagues, <laughs> people are probably like, ah, you know what? I could do better uh, than Garrett Wilson, the guy. The, the Jets a, suck. Oh, I'm a sucks. child. I can't hear it and not laugh. <laughs> That's why I said it. I'm only here to amuse you. I know. Uh, so yeah. for me, I mean, it's worth the risk. Like I put an offer out there today for somebody that's been trying to get Saquon Barkley off my team, and he has Garrett Wilson, and he's got four of the receivers. Sure. He won't trade him, so I sent him. An offer. I, you won't accept it, but... Uh, oh, yeah. God, no. He's going to reject yeah. that in a second. I, I sent it anyways. Hey, can't hurt, you know? You you approached me and said you need Saquon. This is what I want back. For the record, I did not. That unnamed person did. Oh, yeah. Unnamed. Yes. All right. Unnamed. <laughs> All right, so that's it, right? That wraps it up. Yeah. All right, we're back next week talking. Uh, so, real quick. I said, I said it was wrapped up. I found the number. It was 60, 67.9% catchable target rate. 69 so not, not even 69. So, so only 114 <laughs> of those targets, of those 165, were actually catchable targets. So, 114, he caught 95 of them. So, yeah. he, he is good at catching. He's, he does pretty well. <laughs> he is good. He does pretty well. Yeah. Listen, uh, combines next weekend. Next yeah. Week? Yeah. So we are only like two close. weeks, two or two weeks away from starting our rookie breakdowns, essentially. We're going to start off the quarterbacks, then go running back, then tight end, then wide receiver, 
We have a lot to cover. We might have to move some of these like late round wide receivers to the nerd herd episode, just because there's so many receivers this year. Um, I think we're even going to move our, um, our free agency show that we normally do. We're going to move that to the nerd herd as well, just to get all this rookie stuff in. So, where you will get all our rookie content essentially, we are going to move some of those other shows, like basically almost just a free agency show to the nerd herd. So don't forget, join nerd herd. Uh, it's a great place to be with the best tools, the best film room. You're going to find anywhere in Dynasty Fans Football, all for the price of a cup of coffee. And there's promo codes out there. You just got to go find them. There you go. Done, done. Just go scour the internet. Adios. Yeah, <laughs>